Hey guys, welcome back to my channel. So on today's episode of The Thought Spot, I wanted to talk about past jobs that I've worked, mainly customer service related jobs. And I think it's gonna be a very interesting topic because of my recent diagnosis of autism. So let's talk about that. So some of you may be asking yourselves, Irene, why is it interesting that you were only working customer service related jobs? And my answers to you guys is because a lot of people have this conception that autism means that you are this awkward person that doesn't know how to socialize, maintain relationships, whatever. And for many people that could be true, but for many other autistic individuals, whether you're diagnosed or not diagnosed, you could seem like you are a very sociable person on the surface. You may seem like you could maintain relationships, conversations really well. A lot of that could be because you genuinely like to connect to others. Part of that could also be because you've mastered masking and camouflaging socially. Whatever it means to you, I feel like we can begin to rewrite and re-evaluate our understanding of what autism means in general. Because autism is a spectrum, right? Autism will look different, sound different, smell different depending on who you're interacting with and one quote that I really loved seeing when I was doing a lot of research with looking for autistic creators on the internet is if you know one person with autism you know one person with autism and it's so ironic that an autistic woman is giving the advice to other people to not pinhole everyone under one idea of what you think that person is therefore everyone else has to embody those exact traits but what I'm trying to say is, is autistic people are also very, very unique. Just like how a neurotypical person is not going to be like another neurotypical person that you know. Someone that doesn't have ADHD, autism, or any sort of neurodivergencies isn't going to be the same as another person who also doesn't have neurodivergency. If I explain it that way, it might seem like such a simple concept to grasp. But given how society learns about what autism means, we learn to have these very strong stereotypes of what autism means. And hopefully as the years go by, we could begin to tear down those misconceptions and those stereotypes and begin to see like there's so many people out in the world and so many people that have yet to be diagnosed and come out with their autism that may not seem autistic whatsoever and very much so may well be. I'm pretty sure there's a plethora of celebrities and actors who are autistic and we just don't know it because the extent of how we could learn to camouflage in this neurotypical world could be very, very intense and detailed and we may know how to act them out to a point where no one will be able to see it. I'm sure everyone in my life would have never suspected me to be autistic. I'm sure a lot of people who watch my videos would never think that I would be autistic, but here I am diagnosed at the age of 25 with level one autism. So with that being said, I wanted to get into some of my past jobs. If I were to give you guys a list of all the jobs I've ever worked in my life, they were all customer service related jobs. All of my jobs had to do with interacting with people because ultimately, 
I like to connect to people. Ultimately, I like to serve others. I like to be there for others. I like to connect to others. Just really quick to list off some of my jobs. My first job was to teach little kids and autistic individuals how to swim. I worked that job for a few years and I loved it. I worked as a waitress. I worked as a barista. I worked as a teacher. All of these jobs had to do with working with others. I never worked a job where it just was me by myself in an office, in a cubicle, whatever. Now that I'm reflecting back on this, I realize I was drawn to customer service related jobs because of a few things. One, because I crave social interaction and social connection, I realized over the past few years that I was only able to get those needs met if I somehow correlated my job to those social interactions. Because in my personal life, I have a hard time maintaining relationships and friendships at the momentum and the trajectory as like a neurotypical person would. For example, I have a hard time texting friends. I have a hard time being consistent with that. I get really stressed out when I have to text people. I get really stressed out when someone is texting me a lot and I feel like I have to message them and think about them at the extent that they think of me. And to be fair, maybe it's not that much work for someone else to be texting me that much and thinking about me that much, but for me, it's a lot of work. When I'm just doing my own thing, going about my day, the last thing I'm thinking about is wanting to talk to someone else and messaging them and spending all that time and energy texting, right? And part of that could be because as an autistic individual who has learned how to mask and camouflage, when you're taking a step away from society, jobs, school, whatever, you're just doing your own thing on your personal time. A lot of that time needs to be spent genuinely decompressing and stimming and just unmasking and replenishing those batteries that are completely drained every time you step out the door. But because it's hard for me to maintain friendships and relationships, it doesn't mean that I still don't have those social needs that need to be met. It's just a lot harder for me to get those needs met because it takes up an equal amount of energy if not more energy to try to get those needs met. So it's almost like counterintuitive. If you think about everything as a battery, because everything is an exchange of energy, right? If my social battery needs to be met up here, it takes up energy to get the social battery up. So it's almost like, do I wanna sacrifice my energy to get that social battery met? And a lot of the times, no, I don't want to. I need my energy to maintain other aspects of my life, school, job, whatever. So a lot of the times I have to sacrifice that social battery in order to maintain an energetic level for other aspects. And so what I found is over the years, I found a way to get some of those social needs met by correlating that social need into my jobs. I can almost get two birds with one stone. If I'm going to be expending energy at a job, I may as well get those social needs met. So one plus one is two, right? I pick a job where I need to socialize and I also get to earn money out of it. And that's what I was doing for many, 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 many years 
Even now, as a self-empowerment coach, I get to interact with other people, build them up, get to know them, check in on them every single week. That's just what I like to do. So the second reason why I feel like I enjoy jobs that force me to interact with others is because it allows me to socialize under the context of that specific script. So I made a scripting video a few weeks ago, which I will link up here. If you haven't watched it yet, go give it a watch, where I talk about the importance of scripting to me. Having to know generally what I need to talk about and how I need to talk to someone in the confines of that conversation is super helpful for me. And having a job where I need to socialize, interact, and serve someone else in a specific way because of the context of that interaction really provides like a deep sense of comfort for me to know that I could talk to someone and know that if I don't know what to talk about, I could always fall back on the script of the job. So for example, when I was working as a barista, I would have a lot of regular customers, new customers and everything in between. It was really nice for me to see the same people every single day, if not every single week and be able to have have those very short interactions with them. And if I ever ran out of things to say, if I ever didn't have the energy to keep up a conversation, I could always stick to the script of I'm the barista, you're the customer, what can I get you? Things like that. And you can't really apply that same script to normal personal interactions or my worst nightmare of surface level interactions with just an acquaintance or someone you may have known five years ago. If you were to just bump into an old classmate at a grocery store, there's absolutely no script. That is like an example of my worst ultimate nightmare. I have no idea where the conversation is going to go. I have no idea how to start it. I have no idea how to end it. I have no idea how deep to go into the conversation. If they ask me about my day, I could literally say, oh, my hamster just died, you know? Um, I'm actually really depressed. I'm very anxious. And so it's because of those like social nuances that makes me very, very anxious where I would prefer to have social interactions underneath the umbrella of a script. And jobs are perfect for that. Same with waitressing, same with swim lessons. I can interact with people. I could exchange energies with someone and not have to ever worry too much about whether or not I'm really um, performing within that conversation well enough. Because if anything, I could just be a very good barista. Even if I don't build like a genuine deep connection with a customer, I could still deliver them the product that they're looking for and get through that interaction relatively painlessly. And another thing I like about it is once you clock out and go home, you don't have to maintain those relationships. You don't have to think about that person. You don't have to check up on them. It's just kind of nice to know that you could clock in, socially interact, clock out, go home, take the mask off. And to some people that might not seem fulfilling at all, but for me, for many years, it was something that helped me and helped maintain my needs to an extent. Of course, certain jobs required more masking, certain jobs really pushed those buttons of my autism and my ADHD, which exhausted me a lot. And those jobs were just a lot more depleting than satisfying. And I could never last too long in those jobs. I could always tell when those jobs are just not for me because I will feel absolutely exhausted to a point where I any free time I had was just spent 
sleeping because I felt like no matter how much I slept or tried to catch up on sleep, my energy reserves were always running on empty and that was always really hard. And that kind of leads into the next topic I wanted to talk about, which is what were jobs that I found harder to perform in as a woman with autism. And for me personally, that was at my teaching job, ironically, when I was working in ABA therapy. So the last time I worked in ABA therapy, I was in a classroom with another teacher and we taught various amounts of kids with autism. When I was working this job, I was completely exhausted 24 7. I felt like all my free time was just spent sleeping. I felt very chronically fatigued and I found myself dreading to go into work every single day because I knew how tiring it was. Literally the days started to turn into those types of days where you show up to work and one hour into work you're already ready to go to sleep and you're just looking at the clock completely discouraged because you know how exhausted you are and you ask yourself, how can I get myself through the rest of this day? How can I wake up tomorrow and do this all again? And I'm sure a lot of you have been in the same positions because part of having autism and perhaps ADHD as well is it's just really hard to maintain things in a neurotypical world, especially when they don't give you the accommodations that you need as a neurodivergent person. And a part of the reason why I was exhausted all the time, let's get into this, was not necessarily because of the job itself and the requirements, but the amount of masking it took on my end to interact with the other teacher that I would see every single day and the other teachers and staff members in that specific school. I've never been the type of person that liked school. I honestly do not like the American school system. I do not like or agree with a lot of American systems in general. I feel like specifically talking about our school system, it is not built for neurodivergent people. It's just not. Anyways, before I get on a tangent, <laughs> I did not get along with the teacher I worked with. One, she indirectly required me to mask very intensely. And when I wasn't able to mask at the extent she wanted me to, which ended up happening, a lot of contention ended up forming. So for example, every morning when I showed up to work, I always show up a few minutes early because I am always on time, if not early. I would go into the classroom and in my mind, I was like, this job exhausts me. So when I show up to work, I'm just going to take a few minutes before the day starts and I'm going to go on my phone or I'm going to meditate a little bit. Just, you know, get a moment to myself to be quiet and not have to think and not have to put on that mask just yet and just be there and be me. And once that school bell rang and it was time to interact with people, interact with the kids, I put that mask on and I was ready for the day. That was my way of making those accommodations but it wasn't good enough for this teacher because a year into the school year after we started having all these issues or it was her having issues with me I finally confronted her about it and I said hey do you have issues with me basically she told me every single morning I come into the classroom I don't talk to her which makes her feel like I hate her which makes her feel insecure and makes her feel uncomfortable and she feels like I 
have a scary face because when I'm not putting effort into my facial expressions, I could look very intimidating, which puts her off. When I'm not putting effort into my facial expressions or tone of voice, this is what I look like. So to me inside, I could be very calm. I could be good, but to someone else, I look very scary and intimidating. I always get from other people, even outside of this job. All the time, people say I'm scary. People say they think I'm a bitch. People always say you're so intimidating. People always say, I'm surprised you're nice because when I first met you, I was so scared of you. And it's because I'm only human and I cannot mask 24 seven to the extent where neurotypical people want me to mask. I can only smile so much before my cheeks hurt. I can only change the tone of my voice so much to make someone feel comfortable, especially women. I feel like the amount of masking it takes to interact with neurotypical women is just so exhausting. Like having to smile and then bring your voice up to here and make sure that you're constantly sounding like you're excited for someone, acting like you're just so happy all the time and so bubbly and there cannot be any indication of just not being upbeat all the time and just super happy all the time. And so when you're talking like this and you're a lot more calmer and your voice is more monotone and you're not putting effort into the tone of voice and your facial expressions, all of a sudden everyone thinks you're a bitch. All of a sudden everyone thinks you're intimidating and scary and all of these things. And it's discouraging on a personal level, but it's also really frustrating when it gets in the way of your job when other people begin to cause issues in your job due to the fact that you cannot mask in the ways that they want you to, in the ways that makes them feel comfortable. And so there were in total four teachers that worked in that classroom. And the teacher that I'm talking about treated the other teachers very nicely. But with me, she was very inconsistent. Every single time I worked with her, I felt like she was scrutinizing me and correcting the way I did things and interacted with the kids, which I had no issues accommodating for. But it was an issue because it was just confusing. She would make a correction that was very specific, like, do not let this kid do this. And I would be like, okay, cool. In my mind, I made a mental note and I would never do that specific thing with that kid again. And then the next day she would say, why aren't you doing that one thing with this kid? And I would say, but you told me not to. And this specific thing would happen over and over and over again on an everyday basis to a point where I had no concept of what was right and what was wrong because I was perpetually getting corrected. And all the corrections she was giving me was never consistent with the past correction. And there was just all these contradicting rules. And I remember bringing this up to her once. I told her, I feel very confused all the time because I don't have a specific list of things that I know I should be doing because you always give me contradicting corrections. And she was like, that's just what it's like to work with kids. You never know what's right and what's wrong. So one day something could be wrong and the next day it could be right. And my mind just could not understand that. And now I know why is because I'm autistic and I do not like these changing rules. I don't like inconsistent rules either. And a part of that inconsistency was she would correct me all the time for specific things. And the other teachers I would see would make the same exact mistakes, but she would never correct them. And that was also very confusing to me because in my mind, I'm like, if you tell me this one thing's wrong and you correct me on it, then why are you not correcting these other people on it? That just doesn't make sense. The inconsistency was exhausting to me because I never knew what I 
could do, what I couldn't do, what was right, what was wrong. I was just perpetually wrong. And I was left in a position where I had to keep guessing what I had to do and feeling like even though I spent so much energy trying to do the right thing, it was gonna be wrong anyways, was just exhausting to me. On top of the fact that I had to try so hard to mask in those interactions with this specific teacher and with the other teachers at this school. It was just like a nightmare. I felt like every time I went home, I was completely depleted all the time and my energy levels were never replenished ever at this job. And when I finally quit this job, I literally, you guys, I am not exaggerating. I had a burnout that lasted three months. For three months, I could not get out of bed. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't look for another job. I was completely, completely burnt out. And all I could do was get up, eat, go back to bed, take a shower, go to the bathroom, and that's it. What is autistic burnout and why does it need research? The, the phrase autistic burnout is used a lot in the autistic community and, and has been used by us for many, many years. And it's applied to this feeling of utter exhaustion and loss of ability that may share some similarities with professional burnout, only it's like applied to every area of daily life instead of just to your job. Autistic adults report times in their lives, including during childhood, adolescence, particularly around transition points. Um, where they experience exhaustion so great that they can no longer cope as before and lose skills or functions they previously had, act or feel more autistic, uh, lose jobs, can't maintain school, can't maintain relationships, um, mental and physical health, sometimes develop chronic health conditions, permanent disability. And after three months were over and I felt like my energies were finally replenished, I started to get my life back together and get back to specific routines like going to the gym, looking for a new job, blah, blah, blah. But that was like my most exhausting job that I've ever worked. And it was a terrible experience. I literally had nightmares about this job and this specific person I worked with for months because that's how traumatizing that experience was to me. And I think I'll make another video about this specific topic of like how trauma plays into autism and how a person with autism has more of a chance to experience something as a traumatic experience compared to a holistic person or a neurotypical person. But yeah, to simply put it, I didn't like to feel like no matter what I did, it was wrong. No matter what I did, it was going to affect me negatively negatively and be perceived as a negative thing. So this is something I kind of talked about with my psychologist and also some questions I've seen from other autistic individuals as to what jobs should an autistic person work because it's so hard to find a job that is sustainable for us because of all the things that we may struggle with within this neurotypical world. I just wanna say all of this starts with you and getting to know yourself. What does your autism look like to you specifically? What are your autistic traits? What are things that you struggle with in the neurotypical world? What are your sensory issues? And therefore, what are the accommodations that you need to maintain a sense of wellness in your life? What are the jobs that can more easily make those accommodations for you so that you can work those jobs and be able to sustain a livable life for yourself and to be able to not only 
like make life livable for you subjectively, like your emotional well-being, physical well-being, but also like objectively. So you're making enough money to be able to be relatively independent, if not completely independent, which is ultimately the goal. Like I said in the beginning of the video, those lists and what it looks like to you is going to be very different because autism is a spectrum, right? So I could try to give you as much advice as I can, but ultimately you're gonna have to do that inner work on your own as to figuring out what your spectrum looks like to you. And once you start to discover who you are genuinely outside of your masks, outside of your camouflaging, who you are at your core, you can begin to get a clear idea of what it looks like to you to have a life that is worth living and more comfortable living. Comfortability is like a big part of this, right? Comfortability is a big part of autism in general because being an autistic person in this world could be so uncomfortable. Like, trust me, I understand you guys. I have chronic anxiety, not because my life is bad by any means, but just because I've learned my whole life to just be anxious basically but i will pass along this message that my psychologist gave me and he said as a person with autism you have to find what you're good at what you find enjoyment in and try to follow that path as much as you can. And along the way, begin to narrow down those details of all the needs that you have and to love yourself enough to be able to advocate for those needs and get those needs met. So for me personally, I know that I like to work with people, but there were other things that were not so ideal. For example, with that teacher job, there was all those other things things that made it impossible. With my customer service jobs, I loved certain aspects of it, but other aspects were not ideal either and was exhausting to deal with. And ultimately none of these jobs were sustainable, which isn't good when you're an adult and sustainability is a big part of adulthood. So for me personally, when I finally found my way into building my own business as a self-empowerment coach, I very quickly realized that this is exactly what I needed in my life to build a sustainable career for myself because I'm literally doing everything I loved from my previous jobs, but without those very intense experiences that would deplete my energy reserves. Ultimately, all of this to say is there's no way to know unless you get to know yourself one, but also go out there and give things a try. And I know that could be very discouraging a lot of the times because with trial and error, when you come across an error it could feel very discouraging you could feel hopeless you could feel broken you could feel like nothing ever works out you could feel like there's something wrong with you but just take it all as a learning experience every time you go into a new job and you realize what you like and what you don't like take it into account in, and make a mental list of it so that when you look into new jobs in the future you can begin to prioritize what is most important to you and what you need to set boundaries for as to what you're not willing to put up with and just know that there's more and more opportunities out there for you when it comes to jobs and so as a person with autism never feel like you have to settle for a job and never feel like you are not worth those accommodations do what you need to do to be able to get those accommodations as well but yes you guys thank you for tuning in on today's episode thank you for listening if you've gotten this far i know some of my videos are a little bit longer i'm so thankful for any of you who have commented on my videos so far just know that i read your comments and i really really take it to heart and it really helps 
helps encourage me to keep making these videos. You already know all of things. Give this video a like. It helps me know what videos you guys really vibe with so that I could make more video content like that in the future. And if you haven't yet, subscribe to my channel. But yeah, I'm curious to know what type of jobs have you guys worked that you really loved and what type of jobs did you really, really hate? Let's start a conversation down below. I appreciate you guys and I'll see you on next week's video. Bye.